Gather round, gentle listeners, and let me and Liz tell you some stories about us. Fucking hate that. So we realized that we have something else in common besides being gay, that we were the only gay members of a single sex organizations. And we both have some pretty interesting stories about what it was like joining those groups, coming out in those groups, and just being a part of those groups in general. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, but uh, I think it's one that a lot of queer people find themselves in. So I should specify also that while Eric did mention that we were the only gay people, we were the only known gay people, I think, for the majority uh, of it. Yeah, I think that is an important distinction. Yeah, because like for, for me, uh, there were definitely a few that came out later on, but we will get into that as we... Um, talk about our experiences. Um, so the type of organizations that we're talking about are sort of like clubs, um, you know, sports, uh, fraternities, sororities, like groups like that, where like you are definitely usually surrounded by majority of cisgendered, like straight people. Um, so for my, for me, I grew up playing sports like my whole life, um, always was kind of a jock, always was focused on that. And so naturally, when I went to college, I was going to play a sport, and I played soccer. So I joined my college soccer team. I was recruited to play there. And um, so that was sort of my main – and this was at a time where I was just starting to deal with my sexuality too. So, like, um, it was an interesting time to be a part of a group like that while also trying to figure out, like, what was going on with me. Um, Uh, Was there any point in – the initial when you were starting joining this club that you felt you shouldn't or like you had some reservations about doing it? No. And I think my experience is unique in a, or at least different from yours in the sense that like, I mean, it was a choice that I went to play here, but I was like recruited. This was like something that started while I was in high school. Um, and that was at a time where I wasn't really thinking about my sexuality or anything like that. I wasn't even really dating or doing anything. I was just focused on like get, doing well in school and doing well in sports. And so that when I went to join this team, I just thought it was like the next step in my athletic career. Like it was just never, I never thought about what my personal life, how my personal life would be like affected by it. It was just like. Interesting. Cause I feel like. I had probably the exact opposite um, experience with that starting out. I had no intentions of joining a fraternity when I did so. Right. And I chose my college, Berkeley, because it was so gay-friendly. But then stuff happened in my first two weeks. It was kind of uh, it was kind of serendipity that I ended up at this house, got along with some of the guys and decided to join the house, the frat. Mm-hmm. And then, but like, as I was joining, I'm like, you fucking idiot. Like you joined the most like known homophobic organization in the yeah. world <laughs> trying to come out. Uh, also the funny. summer before 
I went to college, the show Greek started on television. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember that. I but do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> there was a gay black guy who joined a fraternity, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be Calvin. It's going to be, like, such a TV show. And it and was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was not nearly as good a tv show i don't know is greek a good I don't tv know. show i think that your <laughs> show is probably better <laughs> um so yeah that's really interesting we kind of came at it from like two different angles and again like our groups are like fairly different like uh organizational wise you know but it still is like very similar in the sense that you're surrounded by this like chunk of people that are all very alike but you feel very different from i guess so um, I guess when you decided to do this, Eric, when you, so you were more, you know, in school or in it a little more before you were like, I'm going to join this thing. What really pushed you besides like, obviously this TV show and stuff, but like you even said yourself that it was like, what am I doing joining this like super straight homophobic, like organization? Like what really pushed you there? Did you have friends also rushing? Like what really got you there? Um, I did have a friend rushing, and a guy who lived on my floor as a freshman was also rushing, and we just went to the house together, and we decided to join at the same time. I remember like the night we decided, it was like, I'll do it if you do it, and he was like, oh, I'll do it if you do it, so we decided to do it. But I can't say that there was any real forethought behind it. You know, I was 18, so I was even stupider than I am now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel the same. Like when you start, when you talk about, I mean, we'll talk about the, our experience at the end and through, um, cause we were both part of our organizations and teams, um, through college. We were there from freshman on. Um, so obviously our experience by the end of it had been much different than like first going into it. But when you go into it, you're 18. And at that time, again, like for me, I was not dealing with my sexuality at all or just – it just was like not even really something I thought about. And um, it was a good, good experience overall, I think. Uh, but when you go into it, you do have these like – these thoughts and things. And I will um, kind of dive in and say – there was one person on the team who came out after. So she was a senior when I was a freshman and she came out after the season. So she was done, but Mm -hmm. she came out. So she was obviously queer the whole time. We just didn't really know. Um, Well, we did kind of. So (laughs) actually here, so I'll just dive in. It's a very, this was an interesting experience. This was something that definitely stuck with me a little bit as I, as I started to, um, cause my freshman year is when I started to deal with that, my sexuality and feelings and had experiences and things like that. Um, being a fall sport, you kind of start school playing, like you're just right in it already. And among the team, there were rumors about this chick. So this girl was the, I was a goalkeeper, uh, for a soccer team. And she also was, she was a senior goalkeeper. And, um, so we worked very closely together and she was awesome. Like loved her, actually stayed with her when I did my overnight. Um, when I was looking at the school and stuff, like still have a, a good relationship with her. Um, but there were rumors like among the team that she had been interested in the past in one of the team members and 
told them about it and it was all complicated and it got really blown out of proportion. You know, people kind of freak out about that and, and not really in a super nice way, I guess, but not in a super mean way either where like she was ousted for her sexuality or anything, but it was like, (laughs) you know, they just like talked about it in a a weird way that it was kind of weird or whatever, you know, not a big deal, but sorry. Uh, Did you hear those rumors like immediately? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty right up, right off the bat. And, you know, shit like that doesn't really matter to me. So, again, I didn't think too much of it. I was kind of a total jock, and all I cared about was, like, playing soccer and, like, doing <laughs> the work for it. I, I was that nerdy person. Um, <laughs> so um, so that – I wouldn't say that affected me from coming out. I think I effect, I stopped myself from accepting myself, and then I had a relationship down the line, and there's, like, all these, like – different avenues I could go down, but talking about the sport alone, that definitely, like, I definitely remember that. And I remember being like, okay, it's still kind of a weird subject. Like they wouldn't have cared if you just like are out there, I think, but they just, since it was kind of under wraps and hidden and whatever. Um, so fast forward to like the end of that season, she actually did come out, had got a girlfriend outside of the team. Thank God you never want to date within the team. We can talk about that. As well, oh, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was probably the only other queer person at the time. Like that was early on, and um, I actually hung out with her quite a bit and went to sort of hang out with other queer people on campus and things with her. But I, I had a few uncomfortable experiences actually hanging out with her. Like because, and I think it was because I was a freshman. And she was senior, and those people had come to terms with their sexuality at that point, and I just had not. And so it was like, you know, going back to when we were talking about problematic gays like a few episodes ago, I felt like I was getting kind of cornered and hit on in a really aggressive way by these women, and I was like not there yet. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I definitely like put that sort of dealing with my gayness like on a shelf and kind of ignored it, but – being in a fraternity is a very like heteronormative activity. Like, right. you know, it's, uh, it's all about like, did you hook up with a girl last night? We have these exchanges with sororities that everyone's always bragging about their experiences with women. And it's just like, I feel like there's, you know, there's people that are embarrassed that they're not doing those things. And then there's like me. Cause then I'm like, I don't know what's going on guys. But I feel like it did give me some clarity in situations, you know, like I'm not I wasn't the person at parties always like looking for someone to hook up with because I just pretty much given up on that ever being a part of my life at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I made a fantastic social chair. I planned some of the best parties that have ever happened. But yeah, let that be a lesson to any like. frat bros listening in i don't even know if there are any but if there are like you gotta pick the gay dude to be your social chair like he (laughs) is the one he's you know like he fits the mold (laughs) themed parties glitter everywhere (laughs) oh yeah they're like we're throwing a party and i'm like okay but what's the theme and they're like we need a theme like yes yes (laughs) it's musicals (laughs) (laughs) For you, what was it like 
being the only gay person? Like at that time, obviously in your, or in the earlier stages of joining this club, like what was it like for you being the only gay person? Uh, it just, it felt like a lot. I feel like I was always kind of facing it. You know, I couldn't really ignore it as much as I would have wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to stay busy all the time to not have to deal with it, but I th- want to say my sophomore year, I joined QARC, which was a queer society on campus, and they had meetings at like 6.30, and then my friend had meetings at like 7.30, so I would like go to QARC meetings and then like run across campus to my uh, fraternity meetings and just try to like keep those two portions of my life really separate. Did you find that Which, to be a challenge? Yeah, it was exhausting. And I like it because they're like, I have to be like, I'm sorry, I'm late to meeting. They're like, why are you late? And I'm like, oh, make up some excuse every single time. It was helpful. It was good to have that sort of outlet for me to deal with who I was before I was ready to come out to my fraternity. Yeah. So um, I don't want to jump too far ahead if we're not ready to move on, but like, when did you come out to your fraternity? I know we've talked about this in the past, but just for the sake of this episode. Yeah. Um, so that was, a. I mean, that has a lot to, a very closely tied to my fraternity as well. Because so what I did when I came out was basically I changed my Facebook status from interested in nothing to interested in men. And it was just kind of out there for people to see. Because this was at a time when people actually cared what your Facebook said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when I was coming out, there was actually, you know, I was really nervous because it was just out there and like I wasn't really in control of the situation anymore. It was just I was out to people and there were actually a couple different occasions when, you know, you're at the fraternity, you drink like every single weekend. So we would like drink, go out to eat like 2 a.m. And there was like two times I can remember specifically where guys like stopped me. Well, we were out and then just like, hey, I know you're gay and I just want to say, like, it's okay if you ever need to talk about anything. Like, I'm here for you. And I just remember just feeling so good in those moments, like just feeling like a huge weight was lifted off me. Like these people were still my friends. Nothing was going to change, even though I was out to them and they knew it. And they also understood how difficult it was for me to come out and just they were still my friends. That's so awesome. And especially for people that are so close to you. Like, I mean, for me, I can say my team through college was they were like my sisters. They were like my best friends. Like we did everything together. It was very similar to like we did also drink every weekend um, <laughs> and then some. Uh, so a similar organization in that sense where you become like this really tight knit group. And if those people like denounce you, you're like, well, fuck now what? Cause like, these are my people at, at this place. That's my home away from home for the first time. It's all these extra layers. It feels like, you know? Yeah. It's your support system. Yeah. And so like you can't, you need them. And if and it also it's exhausting to lie to them to like keep part of yourself from them. Yeah, I um so in I I didn't come out officially until after college, like really in the same way that you did, I guess. I told a few people and I had a girlfriend through college, like through most of college, mm-hmm. but it was very but I that was the talking about being exhausting keeping this side of yourself like I had a girlfriend and I couldn't 
share that with these people. I kept it. It was kind of secret. Like, I don't know how, how good we were at keeping it secret, but, um, like it, it was not something that we wanted to share with like everyone. We, you know, we ended up telling our families and things, but like, we just weren't, it was nerve wracking. And so I had this whole other side. I had a whole relationship. I was in love and like all this stuff. And like my teammates, I never shared that with them. I had, um, again, the opposite experience. I had an interesting bleeding of those two worlds, dating somebody and being in a fraternity. So in our first stories last season, I talked about my first kiss. Well, um, (laughs) I started bringing that guy around my fraternity a lot and we would like sneak around. We would like kiss and make out and like never let anyone see us. Cause I was still in the closet at this point. He was not. Um, and he got to know the guys in my house. He actually really liked my house. And he's like, I think I'm going to rush your fraternity. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to recruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like you were saying, in more eloquent terms, don't shit where you eat. Yeah. I was, I told him point blank. I was like, if you join my fraternity, we're breaking up. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) All right. Good for you. I feel like most people would not draw that fucking line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because Calvin on Greek did the same thing and it did not work out. Okay. So lesson learned. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he joined my fraternity and we broke up. We stayed friends. We're still friends today. Um, but he, after about a semester, ended up leaving the fraternity and school for entirely personal reasons, separate from being gay. So that was like, you know, there was this tiny moment when I wasn't the only gay guy in the house early on. I want to say I was junior at this point. Wasn't the only gay in the house. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this is you. So sorry. You're a junior at this time. Yeah. So it's still relatively late in my college career but it was a refreshing because that was when I started like being able to like talk about gay stuff out loud like Mm -hmm. oh I think this guy is attractive or like making gay jokes you know so that was a relief and it was kind of a different version of life but then he left and I was again the only gay guy until my very last semester when another gay guy rushed our house uh just kind of Jumping off that same point, like around my junior year is probably about the time that I would have been ready to talk about my sexuality. But I also, again, was dating this girl who also was in the closet. So that definitely, I I don't want to blame it on that. I definitely, and not on her or anything, because we we all have our own journeys in in self-acceptance. Like just to explain like why... I was in the closet for so long that like that added to it. And so like may I was at the point then where I was like I was ready to be with her and like be open about it, but she wasn't, so I still had to stifle that side. Again, not a negative thing. Um until my senior year couldn't even tell you at what point in the year this happened. Um but I couldn't take it anymore. Like I was ready to <laughs> burst, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think you get to that point. I think you get to a point where you 
Like, you can fight it all you want, but it's going to come out because you can't stifle this side of you anymore. It's there. As soon as you open the door for it, it's coming through. Um, <laughs> so I remember going out one night with my team, and I got in this, like, huge blowout with my girlfriend. Like, probably about wanting to be out. And, like, we w- that was, like, a big part of conflict at, at that time in our lives. And I think we got this huge blow. And I think her sister was visiting. <laughs> and so, like, her sister's, like, consoling her in one room. And I, like, leave to cool off. We're all going to just, like, cool off for a minute. We come back. And we're coming back from the bars at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. So, like, it's a drunken, like, fiasco. <laughs> but I definitely remember it. And I remember, and I'm grateful for it. So I had a friend on my soccer team who actually fast forward to now is out and queer and she's like, has a girlfriend now and stuff. Um, but at the time was dating men. Um, I just like go into her room, her dorm room and I'm like fucking drunk crying, you know, like, you know know what I'm talking about? And I'm just like, I just spill it. I just, it just comes out of me. I just tell her I've been dating this girl for this person that she knows for, you know, a a few years now and I just can't like take it anymore and this is what I am or whatever. And I know I've told this story before, but it's so important to me. It was such an important moment to me. Um, Even at two o'clock in the morning, blackout drunk, she said, I've already made my judgment about you. So like that doesn't really matter to me. And then she just, like, consoled me because I was, like, upset about the fight. And um, the next day I woke up and I felt – I don't know about you, Eric, but early on when I first told people I was gay, I felt kind of regret about it, like, the next day in hindsight. Not not really. Like, I wasn't going to go be, like – I wasn't, like, I wish I didn't do that. But there was, like, a moment of doubt, like, a second moment of doubt, you know what I mean? Where you're just, like, aftermath, where you're, like, oh, fuck, should I have done that? Maybe I should have not told people. And I woke up in the morning, and I, like, definitely felt that way. But it was just, like, I saw – when I saw that other teammate, it was just, like, another normal day. So quickly those feelings, like, faded, and I was, like, okay, like, step one, I told someone before I told my parents, I want to say, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had that. I know that feeling. It's like you study for a test, like study, 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 and then you take the test, and then you're just like, "Shit, I failed that test." Yeah, it's and then you get it back, exactly. and you're like, "You got a, you got an A minus." Yeah, <laughs> you did all right. You did all right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and that was like that was that's it's, it's the real feeling, and it was really scary. But um, again, my perspective at the time from when I started joining this club or joining this team in not dealing with my sexuality or not even thinking about it to the end where I like couldn't even go another moment without telling these people, some of the most important people in my life, like what was going on with me um, was huge, huge transition and hugely important to my own like acceptance of myself and inevitably like coming out to my family and people even closer to me. Yeah, I had a coming out story with one of my fraternity brothers. This actually reminded me of that. Um, before I came out via Facebook, I had one guy in my house. We were planning on moving out of the house and living together as roommates. And I was like, I, to myself, I was just thinking, man, if I am going to live with him for a year, like I need to tell him he's gay. I'm not, I can't be in the closet for like another year and just like do this, but I also can't 
like come out to him after we lived together. Like, I feel like that would be unfair to him, all of this stuff. So I remember going up to his room one day and I'm just like in tears in his bedroom. (laughs) And I was like, I have to tell you something like I'm gay. And I'm just like crying. And he's, (laughs) I remember what he said. He's like, oh, do you want a soda? And he's like, So I'm just sitting, drinking ginger ale in his room. Men are so good at consoling other men. (laughs) No, that is so good. And also love that it was a ginger ale because like that is a comfort beverage for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember because like all of these stories that I'm telling, these guys that I had those moments with, I am still connected with. I'm still close with these guys. So they're the ones that I remember and still you know, think of and do things with and hang out with. Yeah. Same for me. These are some of my best friends still. I mean, I live 3000 miles away from most of them now, but when I go home, when I, you know, I see them all the time and we talk all the time. I still call them. Um, you know, these people probably don't even know how important they were to my acceptance of myself and stuff like without even, because at the point when I started coming out to all of them, it was like they just didn't even bat an eye, and that was the best. They, I couldn't have asked for like, you know, I don't, I don't need the mushy like, you know, I love you no matter what type stuff. I just need you to not care, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they delivered for me, and that is more important than anything. Part of the story I told before about like there's a guy there was a guy in my frat who was like questioning himself and literally mm-hmm. after a party at like 2 a.m. we're the only two people awake. So let me preface this: this guy I was so attracted to, I literally did not talk to him for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third year, um, I think he was my assistant for one of my positions. So I was just like, I've got to like suck it up and talk to this guy yeah, yeah man. <laughs> i guess be friends with him and after a party one night we're both super drunk and he's like hey will you walk with me and we walk down the street together and he like just bursts into tears and he's like i think i'm like he couldn't even say gay he's like i think i'm like like you and oh man so he's like <laughs> very early stages of that <laughs> yeah so like i talked to him walked him to his girlfriend's house <laughs> oh my god <laughs> And it was after a party, so I was, like, wasted. Next morning, I wake up, and I'm just like, what happened yesterday? And then I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And, but on top of that, there's literally no one I can tell that this happened to. I, I sat on it for so long. And then that guy that I had dated, that I stopped dating, that joined my fraternity, I want to say it was, like, a month later, he's like... So this guy, he like talked to me last night and he told me some things and he said he might be gay. And I was like, oh, thank God. I can talk to someone about this. (laughs) I just had to like scream to myself every day for a month. Yeah. (laughs) Even when when the guy told my ex, he was just like, I know Eric probably already told you this. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, well, good. At least he knew that Eric kept it under wraps. (laughs) I held it down. (laughs) But this is the guy that I took to Pride 
just me and him to like show him, give yeah. him the lay of the land, the gay of the land. <laughs> so good. Oh, that's but so funny. I think it's really funny that we both had some pretty similar, at least like parallel experiences in our organizations. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing actually. Um, cause I think our, the organizations themselves are so different. I mean, not in the sense like team versus frat, the closeness, um, the connection that you have like between those people that you have joined this organization with is definitely the same, I think. Um, but just like experience wise, definitely seems like while our timelines are a little different with like when we decided to come out and when we were dealing with like who we were and shit, like we, we ran into a lot of the same things and that is fascinating to me. I feel like, um, yeah. And it was over the course of the same time period. Yeah. Like we both joined these things in 2008 and mm-hmm. finished in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those were not only for us, but probably pretty transformative years as a whole, you right. know, in the U S for gay acceptance. Oh, and definitely. I think like, we I mean, Obama definitely... elected president <laughs> in, uh, in like our freshman year. So like that kicked us off and we were like, all right, it's going to be a new regime. <laughs> And gay marriage was legalized in 2012, 2013? Like federally or? Yeah, federally. D-Day. I think it was later than that. No? 2015. It was. 2015? Yeah. Because I, okay, so I, the reason I like doubted that was because I definitely remember being out of college for that time. I remember. Maybe it was when. Gay marriage was legalized in California or something. Yeah, maybe there was like another big step. I mean, in Massachusetts, it had definitely been legal for yeah. a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it was a big, it was a transformative year in politics. You know, we had our first like president of color. Uh, you know, it just adds to a lot of. Uh, minorities of all all groups feeling more seen i guess and it was what we thought was the start of a sort of change in our uh society but now here we are uh we don't have to get into that but um <laughs> um and just like you were saying transformative years, like just transformative years for anyone of that age. Like when you enter college, when you leave, it's 18 to 21, 22. Like you, you go through some changes then you're out of your parents' house for the first time. You are on your own. You, you get your own apartment. You, you find your, um, support system away from your born into support system. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, even for people who are not gay and don't have to go through that, those steps, like it's a important time. It's a transformative period in anyone's life. So to add our sexuality to that is um, interesting and interesting. What's even more interesting is that we had similar experiences. So I can only imagine that like other people in other organizations, teams, whatever, probably had similar experiences and hopefully just as positive because it seems like overall, uh, you and I have had pretty positive experiences with coming out in general, and then of course with these organizations. 
Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, those years, 18, 22, that's when you're learning to stand on your own. So you got to like, it's kind of a do or die time on when you're going to, you know, be honest with yourself about a lot of things. And I think that's part of that being gay. And it can be for any aspect of your life. Like, I have to accept who I am and be that person for the rest of my life. So I might as well start now. Yeah. College is a great time to experiment and to try out all these new things and to test the waters on things because it is, I feel like, a microcosm of the world, but it's also a more progressive, um, everyone is young, everyone is in the same experience, in, in the same boat. So they're all understanding that you are trying to find yourself just like they are trying to find themselves. Right, right. I could not have put it better myself, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> So, Eric, we talked about, like, a lot of really positive things, some negative things about what it was like being a part of these groups and being queer. Um, but do you have any, like, negative memories, like, negative experiences? You know, again, I think we were very lucky, but, um, you know, is there anything that sticks out to you that you remember being not so great, not, not so great of a time? Yes, I actually do. Like I was talking about those couple times I had where like those drunken late night conversations where people told me they accepted me. I had one or two the opposite happen where people were kind of like very kind of angry that I was gay and that I was out. And those like I just felt like shit after some of those times. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Can you give us like some deets about that? If not, it's cool, but that's for I really don't remember how they started. I just remember this one of the guys, he was like super drunk and he's just like, oh, I can't even remember how it went. I think it was like the two of us hanging out and he freaked out and he's just like, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. And like nothing, it, like nothing was happening. We were just probably smoking weed in his room. Um, but actually, I left feeling like shit, and I definitely know that some of the other guys like talked to him and sort of got mad at him for how he responded to me. And like that's nice, but it also just <laughs> it also just kind of hurts, you know, because you feel it. This was like after I'd already made so much progress, and I'm like, oh well, everyone loves me even though I'm gay. And then you just get these little moments where you're like, oh. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy. Right. Right. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. I, I honestly, I I don't think you and I have ever had that conversation. I didn't know that that had happened to you. Um, I think those moments are important to remember and to talk about because they will happen sometimes. Like, it's just kind of the way it is. And you know, that guy sucked, but also like, there's always a silver lining, I think. And the positive is when people go to bat for you. And obviously your, your guys, your brothers went to bat for you. And that is one of the best things about joining these, 
groups is that you have a team, you have people around you. And when you, you get so close that when you do, you know, admit to yourself or admit to them who you are, you know, more often than not, I'm going to say they're going to, they're going to accept you and be on your team. But, you know, these things happen. It's very real. It was very real. Yeah. It's a process for everyone, you know? Yeah. They've got to deal with it just as much as you do. Um, also, so because we're in a fraternity, there's this, there's also a connection to the older members of the fraternity. Like, you know, the guys that were in the frat in the eighties and the seventies would often come back to the houses and we kind of rely on their donations and their help to make sure the house continues to run. And those guys are also less than loving the gayness. (laughs) That's a great way to put it, dude. (laughs) And so there was one guy after I came out that he was like really uncomfortable with the fact that I was gay. And he was probably like one of our biggest supporters and he would not like talk to me or interact with me after that point. But he was also like a serious creep. So I was more than okay with that one. Beers for queers. Liz, what are you drinking this week? Uh, I am drinking a, um, I, I'm sure I've had this on the show in the past, uh, a St. Archer beer, uh, the Blonde Ale. It is a local, well, sort of local, San Diego. And it's really nice. It's light. It's, uh, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning for me. So... It's a nice light breakfast beer, if you will. <laughs> uh, but I will say that this is the last time that we have to do this apart, so I don't have to drink beer this early in the morning anymore. Yeah, unless you want to. Yeah, I mean, we may still end up recording in the morning, and then we'll just go from there. <laughs> um, Eric, what do you have on the, on the plate today? Um, well, last time I misspoke, I said... Cass was the Bud Light of beers. Cass is the Budweiser of beers. I'm now drinking a Cass Light, which is the Bud Light of beers. Let's see that label. Let's see the label. Oh, it looks like it looks a little more like it could be like a Miller Light. It looks like a little more, right? Doesn't that look like a Miller Light can or bottle? It says great taste, less calories. So it's like almost Miller. Oh my God. It's like almost exactly. (laughs) I would say if you could read Korean, it probably is brewed by the same company. (laughs) Thank you, gentle listeners, for staying tuned to another installment of No Homo. Um, We hope that you enjoyed hearing our interesting stories from the old college days. And we hope you got something out of it. I mean, this is a very common experience, I think, that we were talking about. And the fact that um, Eric and I, despite having like very different college experiences and different joining different organizations, had a lot of um, the same trials and tribulations that we had to kind of overcome within those groups um, for our you know, as we went on this journey of acceptance 
for ourselves. So hopefully you got a little something out of that and we can help you get through whatever you're going through and tell us your stories. What other groups um, have you been a part of that has either been really important or even detrimental to you coming out? Would love to hear more about that. And I guess we'll just see you fucking next time. (laughs) Later, gays. by Eric Tate and Elizabeth Stickley. Original theme music by Emily Keane. Follow us on Twitter at OKNoHomo or on Instagram at NoHomoPodcast. Pray the gay will stay. Like, well, I'm the only gay in this house that's not crazy. Yeah, so there you go. Like, you're a wholesome gay. (laughs) (laughs)